But in that instant, when Jesus spoke those words to him, Jairus had a choice. He could listen to the words of the messengers and not to the words of Jesus. And if he had done that, he would have just given up, gone home, and this is where we would be ending the podcast today, 2,000 years later, with a healed woman, a broken-hearted father, and a dead girl. Welcome to the I Will Be Your Church podcast, Virtual Sanctuary. Be strengthened today with the truth of God's love so that you can say to your families, your friends, your co-workers, and your social media worlds, I will be your church. Your host for today's episode is Joanna Church. Thanks for joining me for part two of this story, A Man, A Woman, A Dead Girl, and Jesus. If you haven't listened to part one, I would highly recommend you do so, or you might start out a little confused. It's taken from the book of Mark, chapter five. Let's recap the start of the story. There was a religious leader named Jairus who had a very sick daughter. He sought out Jesus because he believed that Jesus could heal his daughter if he just came and laid his hands on her and prayed for her. And he did this knowing that the majority of the other religious leaders in Jerusalem hated Jesus. So he was risking his position, his work relationships, and more by seeking Jesus out. But he did it because he loved his daughter and was so desperate to see her healed. So he goes to Jesus and asks him to come to his house to heal her. And Jesus agrees. So as they're on the way to Jairus's house, there was a large crowd of people going with them, walking along with them. I'm guessing these were all the looky-loos who wanted to see Jesus perform this miracle. But it says that it was a great crowd, and they were pressing in on Jesus even as he was walking. And while they were on their way, Jesus suddenly stops in the middle of this crowd and asks the question, Who touched my robe? Because it says that he had felt the healing power that clothed him at all times actually flow out of him at the touch of someone specifically. And remember, that healing power that he was clothed in and is still clothed in is the anointing of God. That is why he is called Jesus the Christ, or Jesus the Anointed One. So he stops because he feels that anointing actually start flowing out of him, even though he had not released it. And his disciples said to him, look at this crowd pressing around you. How can you ask us who touched me? But he kept on looking around to see who had done it. Then this woman came and fell to her knees in front of him and told him how she had suffered for 12 years with a constant bleeding disorder and that she had suffered a great deal from many doctors and over the years she had spent everything she had to pay them, but she'd only ever gotten worse. So she came up behind him through the crowd and touched his robe, for she had thought to herself, if I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. And immediately her bleeding stopped and she could feel in her body that she'd been healed of this terrible condition. And Jesus turns to her and he says, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. 
So again, if you want to hear more about this woman, go back and listen to part one of this message. All right, let's move into the rest of the story. So remember, while this was all happening with Jesus and the woman, Jairus is waiting there for Jesus to get a move on and get to his house to heal his daughter. I imagine that while all of this was happening with the woman, this man was growing impatient and anxious, knowing that his daughter didn't have much time left. And yet, seeing this woman healed had to have strengthened his faith that if he could just get Jesus to his daughter quickly, he would be able to heal her sickness. Well, let's see what the scriptures say happened next. While Jesus was still speaking to the woman whose bleeding had been healed, messengers arrived from the home of Jairus, the leader of the synagogue. They told him, Your daughter is dead. There is no use troubling the teacher now. But Jesus overheard them, and he immediately turned to Jairus and said, Don't be afraid. Just have faith. So let's pause here. Put yourself in this man's shoes. You have been trying to get Jesus to come to your house to heal your daughter. But Jesus stops to engage with this unclean woman who had pushed through the crowd to reach Jesus. How frustrating it must have felt to have those precious moments ticking away. And now, because of this delay, you are told that your daughter had died. I can't imagine the anger he could have felt at that woman, maybe even possibly at Jesus. The anguish and even the sense of failure Jairus must have felt in that moment that he hadn't been able to get Jesus to his daughter in time. I mean, it's one thing to believe Jesus could heal a sick girl. It's another once you have been told she has died. But look how Jesus handled this. He heard what those messengers had said to Jairus, and immediately he turned to him, knowing the devastation and fear he was feeling in that moment at this news. And Jesus says to him, Don't be afraid. Just have faith. Remember, Jairus had just seen a woman healed by her encounter with Jesus, and he had heard Jesus say to that woman, Your faith has healed you. So when Jesus says to Jairus, Don't give in to the fear that your daughter is gone, but instead keep that same faith you had in me just a minute ago. He must have felt bolstered by what he had seen just happen with the woman who was healed and what Jesus had said to her. But in that instant, when Jesus spoke those words to him, Jairus had a choice. He could listen to the words of the messengers and not to the words of Jesus. And if he had done that, he would have just given up, gone home, and this is where we would be ending the podcast today, 2,000 years later, with a healed woman, a broken-hearted father, and a dead girl. But Jairus must have dug deep to get through that fear and despair and find that spark of faith because our story continues. Then Jesus stopped the crowd and wouldn't let anyone go with him and Jairus, except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. Let's pause again. Isn't it interesting that up until this moment, Jesus had let that looky-loo crowd come with them as they were headed to Jairus's house. But now, 
All of a sudden, it says he stops the crowd and he tells them that they are not welcome to come the rest of the way with them. As a matter of fact, he tells nine of the 12 disciples that he doesn't want them coming. Now, it doesn't say why he does this, but I don't think we have to question too hard to figure this out based on what had just happened. The girl went from being alive and sick to dead. And the depth of faith needed to believe that Jesus could heal her just got infinitely more important for this father. Now, throughout Jesus's ministry, we are told that he was able to discern when people had faith to be healed and when they did not. So he basically looked at this crowd of people, including a good chunk of his disciples, and knew that if they kept walking with them, that their lack of faith, their murmurings of unbelief, saying how it's too late now, the girl is dead, and if Jesus had just gotten there sooner, she might have lived, what would that have done to Jairus's faith, hearing those doubting murmurings with every step they took? Has that ever been you? Have you ever felt like there was something important in your life that you were supposed to have your faith set on? Something significant, like a job, schooling, healing, a relationship, a miracle, and you felt in your spirit that God was speaking to you saying, don't be afraid, only believe, and keep walking with me towards that miracle. But all around you, the crowd, the world, the media, the politicians, and maybe even some fellow disciples, the very church, were telling you that it was too late, you are too old, you are too young, you are too sick, you are too broke, your relationship is too far gone, and that you will never get the miracle that you are seeking. Sometimes you need to do what Jesus did in this instance and tell the crowd of unbelievers, doubters, and murmurers that they can't walk on your path with you anymore. That may mean turning off the news, the gossip shows, stepping away from politics, shutting down your social media, and basically shutting out the crowd because you can't have their doubt cloud your faith and keep you from your miracle. Let's continue with the story. When they came to the home of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw much commotion and weeping and wailing. He went inside and asked, Why all this commotion and weeping? The child isn't dead. She's only asleep. And then the crowd laughed at him. And he made them all leave. So here we have it again. Everyone in that house knew who it was that Jairus was going to bring back to this house to heal his daughter. They all had heard about the miracles that Jesus had been performing across Israel. And here in this house were the closest friends and relatives that Jairus and his wife and this little girl had. These should have been the people to come to Jairus' side and help support him in his faith during this most desperate moment of his life, as he ushered the Messiah, the very anointed one of God, into his home. Instead, 
when Jesus spoke up and declared that the child was only sleeping, pretty much telling this whole household of people that he was about to go and wake her up. Instead of being the kind of friends and family that even if they didn't have the faith with Jairus, they could have at least stood with him in hope that what Jesus said was true. But instead, they laughed. This man and his wife had just been told their daughter had died, and they had brought in Jesus as their last hope. And the people closest to them laughed in the face of their hope. Can you see yourself in this moment? Has that ever been you? When you were clinging to the very last piece of hope that you had, that you would overcome your addiction, that you would be set free from your prison, that your broken heart could be mended, that your body could be healed, that your children would be clothed and fed, that your mind could be free from tormented thoughts, that your spirit could be reborn into something that you found beautiful. And you turn to Jesus as your last hope to find that salvation, to find that healing, to find that deliverance, that freedom, or that rebirth. And the people around you who are supposed to be your friends and family, the people who are supposed to have hope with you, actually laugh in your face for turning towards the Lord. They have no problem crying with you in your addiction in your pain, in your loss, in your sin, but ask them to believe with you that Jesus can bring you out of those things, and they laugh in your face. Again, sometimes even those closest to us, we have to ask to step outside of our inner space so that they cannot steal the hope that we have found in the Lord. Even today, I have experienced this friends and family who used to sit with me in prayer and seeking, now both openly and behind my back and passively aggressively, they mock my beliefs, they ignore my hope, they laugh at my following and trust in Jesus, and they try to tell me that my hope is dead. But it's okay, because I will keep my eyes on Jesus and my faith in who He says He is and who he says, I am. And because of that, I will continue to see miracles in my life. And now, what you have all been waiting for, what does Jesus do with this little girl? He took the girl's father and mother and his three disciples into the room where the girl was lying. Holding her hand, he said to her, Talitha Koum, which means, little girl, get up. And the girl, who was 12 years old, immediately stood up and walked around, and they were overwhelmed and totally amazed. Jesus told them not to tell anyone what had happened, and then he told them to give her something to eat. So in an instant, because he did not give up, because he did not listen to the crowd because he did not lose hope when his family and his friends laughed in their faces. 
Jairus saw his faith and his hope realized in the person of Jesus as his little daughter got up out of bed, totally alive and totally healed. What an incredible story this is in the life of Jesus. What amazing examples of faith from the woman with the issue of blood to this man Jairus and his daughter. What a sad example it is of how the world will mock your faith, laugh at you, tell you to give up hope, and discourage you from continuing to follow Jesus into your resurrection, into your healing, and into your miracle. Those friends and family could have been there to witness this miracle and to rejoice with Jairus, his wife, and his daughter. Instead, they missed it. They were on the outside and didn't get to be a part of the miracle that happened that day. So maybe that better describes you. You have been the scoffer, the doubter, the murmurer, the one who has laughed at your friend or family member's faith and hope in Jesus. You don't have to stay that way. Jesus calls to you the same way that he called out to Jairus. Don't be afraid to believe in me. Just have faith and watch the miracles that I can perform in your life. I would rather be laughed at, mocked, belittled, ignored, and yet see the Lord Jesus move in miraculous ways in my life than to be the scoffer on the outside, never hearing his voice or feeling his touch. I hope that the sharing of this Bible passage of the man, the woman, the dead girl, and Jesus over these two episodes has touched you and inspired you and challenged you and encouraged you and given you the same hope that it gave to me over 40 years ago, a hope that I still walk in today. If this message spoke to you, reach out and let me know on our Facebook page, I Will Be Your Church or email me at IWillBeYourChurch at gmail.com. Let me pray over and bless you all today. Father God, I ask that the words of Jesus burn in the hearts of everyone listening today. Those words that have been ringing through history. Don't be afraid, only believe. I speak to the spirits of our listeners today, and I call you to awaken, be revived, be renewed, and be reborn by faith in Jesus, the Anointed One of God. And I pray that miracles and healings and deliverance and salvation would begin happening in your lives at this very moment. In the name of Jesus. Now go, be the believing, hoping, faith-filled, miracle-seeing church in your world. If you feel blessed by the I Will Be Your Church podcast, please subscribe so you never miss a day. And then share it with your friends. Check out our website, IWillBeYourChurch.com to learn more about us Check out Ben's blog, connect with us on social media, and become part of this church family movement.